Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent Kyle Serafin. Yeah. Hello. Welcome, my friends, to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Wednesday, December the 20th. It's Weird Wednesday. We got some weird stuff for you. I promise. I promise we'll get weird. And let's talk about what we've got coming up. We've got a Florida deputy who was just absolved of wrongdoing. There's a reason why. It's been old, old, old ruling. And the idea that he would be held accountable is kind of silly. So we'll cover that. Uh, we're going to talk about lawsuits against the president. Of course, it'd be foolish not to former president being removed from the ballot from Colorado. Is that true? We'll discuss, I promise. And let's see, Proud Boys going to jail. That seems like something worth talking about. Let's uh, start things off just a little differently than normal. I'm wearing a red shirt, a red shirt of rage against the machine, against the evil that goes on in our federal government. And we're gonna promote my friend Garrett O'Boyle's website. So let's do that first. The O'Boyle family sweatshop, the-suspendables.com. You can use the promo code Kyle, which will save you 10% on any of the outstanding merch items supporting the suspendables. Let me tell you again, we're running that same promo where you literally type in uh, Kyle as the promo code and you can get three of these guys, three of the lapel pins, which are an outstanding little stocking stuffer. They're great for Christmas parties. They're great for handing out to your friends, letting them know. And, and lest you be like our friend Carlos, who was on InfoWars the other day, and he was wearing it upside down. He was wearing it like this. All right. That's upside down. This is right side up. The eagle is down. Same way I handed it to Dan Bongino when we were at uh, Miralago. I said, hey, the eagle's down. And he's like, copy that. The eagle is down. That's how you wear the Suspendables merch pins, as you guys see on my shirt every day. This is how we do it. So check out the-suspendables.com, the-suspendables.com. Uh, probably too late to get your Christmas order in, unless you're just doing the pins. So those things can probably fly out the door. I'm going to be pushing the envelope on uh, on Garrett to get those out to you. And then you can always have it for your New Year's party, which will look fantastic bringing in the new year, letting people know you're ready to do the right thing, whatever the cost. There's some people in this world that are not willing to do that. Uh, some of the people that are also willing to do that are my friends over at Catholic Vote. You guys know who's uh, what's going on right now. We've got the Catholic Prom King election going on. CatholicVote.org. It's CatholicVote.org, the leading Catholic organization of lay Catholic people, not associated with the Catholic Church, just people who happen to be Catholic that believe in faith and family and freedom. And that's what they're all about. You guys should sign up for the loop and you should also check in on the Catholic Tournament of Heroes or whatever the heck they're calling it, 2023. It's me and Mark Haupt. He just said, may the best man win. I just said, I voted for Mark Haupt. You guys, you know how to do this. You can follow me on Twitter. It's under donate dot catholicvote.org slash something 2023 heroes uh we'll put the link in the description again once again we've already maxed out our vote for mark Howell, but you guys can go there and punch that in i'd appreciate it if you did uh like i said my my vote is mark Howell. the guy faced much more serious much more serious um consequences for what he did he was facing jail time my family just got displaced so not to belittle anybody's story, including my own, but uh, Mark Haupt's my guy. I think you guys should check out catholicvote.org. Go ahead and put your vote in there and sign up for the loop while you're at it. All worth your time. Let's get ready 
to rock and roll. Let's rumble. We are here live on rumble.com slash Kyle Seraphin. If you are joining us in the chat, please give us a thumbs up. Give us a little bit of a like. We appreciate those. It moves the uh, videos up. And today's story leading right off the charge is going to be the story of Scott Peterson. Do you guys know Scott Peterson? Do you remember this guy? Speaking of heroes, uh, there's a good picture of him sort of crying because he was held. Uh, he was found to be sort of innocent of the uh, requirement to defend children. Kind of like what you think you're supposed to do when you're a man. I'm going to read this story here, which is coming from CBS News, local news in Miami. Florida deputies legal team said he didn't have an obligation to start the Parkland shooter. Like it or not, that's true. And that's what the courts just found. A former sheriff's deputy is claiming he had no legal obligation to confront the gunman who murdered 17 people, wounded 17 others at Parkland's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School nearly six years ago. That's what his attorney argued on Monday. The legal team representing the Broward County deputy, Scott Peterson, there's the name, now you guys know, asked a judge to dismiss the lawsuit brought by the victim's families and survivors, even though decision would likely be derided by the public. And here's what's really important. Just because the public thinks something doesn't mean that that's the way it's supposed to go. If it was because the way the public thought was what we were supposed to do, then you would be dealing with a democracy, which Democrats continue to tell us that we live in. But we know better than that here at the Kyle Serafin Show and our audience, all of you Sarah fans. God, it's hard to say that. All you Sarah fans know, it's not about what the will of the public is. It's about rule of law and is about what the supreme majority is that's going to be the super majorities that are listed in our Constitution. And that's why this lawsuit was, in fact, dismissed. Attorney Michael Piper told the circuit court judge, uh, Carol Lisa Phillips, that under the law, his client cannot be sued for anything he did or didn't do on February the 14th, 2018, on that massacre at the high school. He cited the appellate court cases that say the police officers don't have a legal obligation to protect others from third-party harm and cannot be sued for decisions they make during a crisis. You guys will remember, this was when a 25-year-old former student went in and murdered and attempted to murder something like 34 people, 17 he actually killed. The, uh, the argument being made is that there's a legal difference between a legal duty and what we would call societal expectations. Now, yes, there is an expectation that men with guns will go do their job and protect kids and women. That's the values that we have in Western society. But... That is not a legal duty to act. And we're going to get a little bit deeper into that for you. The appeals court of Washington, D.C. settled this case uh, when I was born. It actually was decided a couple of days before I was born in 1981. All right. And the, the case was called Warren versus D.C., it is an appeals court. It was against the District of Columbia Metro Police Department, which is not a good police department, as we've talked about. I don't know if it was better in the 1980s. My suspicion is no, but essentially this particular court found that there was no specific duty to act, that the, that the individual police officers did not owe an individual duty to the people that sued. And this included Carol Warren, Miriam Douglas, and Joan, I'm going to butcher the last name, but uh, Tiala Farrow. All right. There was a, uh, a neighbor who was involved in doing some really nefarious, awful things, and when he did so, uh, the police were unable to respond at a speed that the, uh, the, the, the suing parties felt was appropriate. And the court said, that's not really what the police do. The police are not required. They don't have a duty to any individuals to protect them from harm. It's just not the way that our system works. They owe no specific duties 
even though we have a general idea that there is a public duty, there's a public duty of the police to protect that actually only applies to the public, not to the individual. So what does that actually mean? It means that if you have something bad happening to you, the police could make an appropriate decision to just cordon off the area and let you and your family be killed. And they would keep those bad guys inside the house, killing you and your families, but they're not going to affect the rest of the public. And that would be a lawful decision. That may come as a shock to some of you. There's a reason why we always tell you on this show and many other people that are in the conservative space are saying, be your own first responder. Why would you want to do that? You'd want to do that because the police do not owe you a specific duty to help. And this court case goes back, like I said, at least 42 years right now. That's what we're seeing. It's 42 years of it being pretty well established that the police officers don't have to come to save you. And if that's a surprise to you, let it be this Christmas season. Let that be the gift to you that you decide to go towards self-reliance and not based on dependence on the government. I keep seeing people tag things. In fact, we're actually going to play a video that came from Libs of TikTok later on in the show. And the, the question is this, you cannot simultaneously say defund the police or defund, I think more, more likely, federal law enforcement, defund the FBI. You can't be in the defund the FBI camp and at the same time say, shouldn't the FBI have this person on a watch list? And if you guys will permit me, I'd like to share kind of a quick little personal story about this. I got a phone call from Fox News. I got a phone call from Jesse Waters show. This was going back a couple of weeks ago, sometime in probably October, right about the time when the Hamas attack happened. And they said, we'd really like to have you on the show to talk about all of these leftist professors at these prestigious universities like Harvard, uh, which we covered down on what kind of people are running Harvard. They uh, were actually going to talk about a little bit of Harvard stuff uh, later on in the show today. And, and they said, can you come on and talk about how the FBI is actually investigating Catholics at school boards and or, sorry, Catholics at church and, and parents at school board meetings and so on? They're uh, they're wasting those resources when they should be investigating terrorist supporters like a professor at an Ivy League school. And that, you know, made me kind of stop and go, I I don't think you're talking to the right guy. Do you, do you know who you were called? You just called Kyle Serafin. I don't think the FBI should be investigating anybody for speech. Not Douglas Mackey, like we interviewed yesterday. And if you missed that, you definitely missed out on a long form, I think, expose of who he is as a person. You don't have to love him or love his memes or anything else to know that you actually do have a right to say things that are unpleasant in this country. That's the position that I have always held. That's what I thought I was raising my hand and swearing to. And even though I think that I have a personal duty to act, I don't have a legal duty to act as a law enforcement officer to go and save individual people. That's just not what it's about. And so when you ask me, hey, would you tell me about how the FBI should be investigating professors at some fancy school because of what they said? The answer is no, I will not be doing that. So I appreciate the opportunity. I think you got the wrong guy. So that's what happens. By the way, once you turn down a Fox News, hey, can you be here? And you tell them no for ideological reasons because what you're saying is not aligned with the values that I actually am, am trying to share with people. Uh, that's usually the last time that they end up calling you. So don't expect me on Fox News anytime, anytime sooner. However, it was the right decision. It continues to be the right decision. And we don't have to be happy about this man, Scott Peterson, as a man to know that the court still came up with the right decision, which is that there is no individual duty to act. Self-reliance is the American virtue. It's the quintessential American virtue. It's take it upon yourself. It's uh, the, the crown is coming down and imposing taxes on you. Don't wait for anybody else to act. Everyone keeps waiting for someone else to act in this country right now. 
I think that's what the the message of the Boston Tea Party should be. And we just came up on the 250th anniversary of that particular day. Throwing tea in the harbor was an act of rebellion saying that we no longer are going to take your crap. But it wasn't a government action. It was people that decided to individually act. If we can bring up the next court case over here, too, the uh, this was actually settled in the Supreme Court in a very similar way. And interestingly enough, it relates to the way that uh, Donald Trump's case was going because they decided it using an argument under the 14th Amendment. This is DeShaney versus Winnebago. It goes back to 1989. Again, long-standing tradition holds that and long-standing case law rules that individual members of the state do not owe an, uh, an individual duty. They, as part of an agency, owe a collective duty to the public. And the public, in air quotes, is everyone, but not anyone. Does that make sense? It's everyone in the public, but individuals can be carved off that public, as long as they are basically doing the greater good that may involve protecting police officers, protecting their own lives, not running in. And in this particular case, uh, DeShaney versus Winnebago was about uh, social workers who were sued because they did not come to the aid of a child who was brutally beaten and permanently disfigured by his father, which is awful. It's a truly awful thing. And I actually think that the worst part of this is because the, the kid doesn't really have any ability, doesn't have any agency to do it. But the individual police officers that responded and the individual social workers that were involved were unable to be held accountable because that's not the way that our society is organized. It's public versus individual. And the minute that you know that, it will change the way that you look at police officers who are doing the best they can with what they've got. But there's a limited number of police officers. They have to prioritize the threat and you may not be a priority. So the only way that you deal with that is... Quite simply, you decide to become your own first responder. You decide to be responsible, like an American, for your own freedom, your own liberty, your own civil liberties, and you don't give any ground to the government, and you don't expect the government to come save you. The minute that you expect the government to come save you is the minute that you might as well start voting for the people on the political left, because that's what they want. That's what democracy is about. That's not what a constitutional republic that has some democratic principles is about. It's pretty straightforward stuff. Speaking of self-reliance, speaking of do-it-yourself, speaking of making sure that you can protect yourself and you solve your own problems, how about you solve the problem if you happen to have a food shortage, if things get shady in this country, and they definitely might in the next 12 months. I think we would be foolish not to think that. We saw um, craziness happen in 2020. This could get easily as crazy. So go to 4 slash Kyle, the number 4patriots.com slash Kyle and get yourself prepared. All you gotta do is put some money down up front to make sure that you hedge against future disasters. That's gonna take you to our landing page right here where it says emergency preparedness deals. What are emergency preparedness deals? Those are deals that prepare you for the emergencies. What kind of emergencies might you face? You might be without food, you can solve that. You might be without water, you could buy a filtration device. You might be without power, you can buy some solutions for that, whether it be a small little solar panel that's gonna charge up your phones for comms, I'm always getting on my, I just got on my wife about this because we have a, a charger in our minivan and the charger no longer works. And it's like, that's not a charger anymore. That's just a wire that's in my way when I'm driving. So you can solve these problems by going and getting like a power cell, like you're seeing here on the screen. You can get yourself a solar generator, which will be able to power some of your devices, probably like your refrigerator, the most important things. Maybe some of the lights so you can move around accurately and load your magazines if you can't do it in the dark. Uh, actually, I saw George Hill send me a picture the other day. He was cleaning his shotgun. I believe it was a combat shotgun. Uh, by candlelight 
just to practice because that's the kind of people that I'm friends with you all. If you are not doing that sort of thing, make sure you get yourself hedged against chaos, against sort of danger, and make sure that you are not waiting on the state to come bring you food or water or warmth or light. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. That's how you do it. That looks nice. I don't know what a sauna blanket looks like. Uh, I've seen those like in some of the, I went to a libertarian conference where there was a bunch of people sitting in this like pop-up sauna. No, that's a thing, but I don't know why. But all right, yeah. And I just saw in the uh, the chat, someone just said, go George. Yeah, George literally sends me pictures of stuff like that. He was like, hey, I'm walking in my plate carrier today. When you carry your plate carrier, you should also carry a gun so no one takes your plate carrier. And he looks like a psycho. Uh, he looks like a bald you know, man who is retired carrying a rifle with a plate carrier marching around in New Hampshire. And God bless him for it. You know, if you guys aren't practicing things in low light or no light or candlelight, what are you doing? You're not doing you're not doing the George routine. So I do appreciate him doing that kind of stuff. Let's keep pressing on because there's some other bad news here. Um, not so much bad because of what happened, but bad because of the way that it compares. And I want to bring up the story. Uh, CNN was breathlessly reporting yesterday that one of the cooperators in the Proud Boys trial that helped put the other guys away was just sentenced, got a reduced sentence. And that sentence was 40 months. Uh, in my mind, whenever you tell me somebody got sentenced and then we compare it against someone like a Charles McGonigal, former FBI agent with the highest security clearance and one of the most sensitive jobs in the United States government for the intel world, and that guy got a similar sentence, it makes me want to puke. It, it, it makes me sickened. Um, but what I don't see is when that happens, I don't look and say all of the courts are garbage and nothing just can happen. I'll tell you why that is in a second, but let's read this article out here. It says, former Proud Boys leader turned cooperator gets reduced sentence in January 6th case. Uh, this is a two-minute read. There you go. The former Proud Boys lieutenant, I don't like them using that word either. I don't even think they know what the word lieutenant means, particularly somebody at CNN who has a mullet. Um, he was a former Marine or U.S. Marine. He was a cooperating witness. Here it is again. The far-right group's leaders for conspiring to stop Joe Biden from becoming president. This is what we would call assuming facts, not in evidence. I know that they think that they've established this. I think these are all going to get overturned on appeal or a, a significant chunk of them. He was sentenced on Tuesday to 40 months in prison. 4-0. That's a little over, what, three and a half years? Or it's right at three and a half years, rather. Charles Donho, 35, was the first of the Proud Boys leadership to enter a guilty plea, and then he assisted the prosecutors in their case, which resulted in convictions of several of the leaders in the group for seditious conspiracy, which is just a disgusting, the idea of conspiracy we talked about yesterday. If you guys haven't heard it, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one, download the audio podcast and take it with you when you go. You can find us on Apple and on Spotify and iHeartRadio and so on. Anywhere that you get your podcast, you can listen to the audio. Listening to Douglas Mackett audio might actually be as good as anything else. Uh, Donahoe pled guilty to two felony charges related to the U.S. Capitol attack for conspiring to obstruct the official proceeding on January 6th and assaulting an officer by throwing two water bottles at police during the riot. Can we just embrace that for a second? In this country, you cannot be held liable for better or for worse, it is the case law for not doing anything while 17 people are shot and killed and another 17 people are injured by a gunman that is on the loose when you are an armed law enforcement officer. But you can get 40 months in prison for throwing two water bottles at police officers. Water bottles, guys. Um, and we're not even hearing the entire circumstances of it. This guy has already served 38 months of his sentence Interestingly enough, some of you know that under the First Step Act that Donald Trump signed into office, if you are a first-time offender, usually you only serve 50 to 60% of your federal sentence. So he's probably already served too much time 
this is yet another sort of example of injustice that's going on in our justice system. It's not all bad though, because we found that out yesterday. Even though Doug Mackey was convicted by a jury, supposedly of his peers, in a district that he didn't live in, in a district that he didn't commit a crime in even, the appeals court took it up and was uh, looking at reversing it. So you know, don't give up hope on there, but I kind of follow into the same kind of category. I grew up with this idea, God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who help themselves means that you can pray to God and you can have faith that he will do something to solve your problems, but you should also probably put the oars in the water and start rowing for the shore. Um, that's the other version of it. Pray to God, but row for the shore. Just because there's a storm coming your way doesn't mean prayer is the end of it. Don't put all your eggs in any of the baskets because you don't know how God's help is going to come. There's a famous parable. You guys may have heard this about a person who experiences that a flood is coming and uh, someone comes running by and knocks on the door and says, hey, um, there's a flood coming. You need to get out of this house. You need to evacuate. And the person says, no, no, no. God will save me. I'm good to go. And so the person leaves and evacuates. Uh, the flood rider, you know, gets up to the top step of the door, starts getting in the house a little bit. And somebody comes by and they're riding on a bicycle and they bang on the door and they go, hey, there's a flood coming. You got to get out of here. We can barely ride out on the bike. And so the person says, no, 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 I'm good to go. And then uh, the, the waters rise above the first level of the house. And now it's up to the second level. And the person is up in their second room, second floor bathroom, bedroom. And the and somebody comes paddling by in a canoe and knocks on the window. Hey, man, you got to get out of here. Jump in. And the person says, no, no, God will save me. I've got this. Um, I'm good to go. So the person paddles off in the boat. And then finally, the floodwaters raise to the top of the house and the person climbs up on the roof and is waiting there. And a helicopter flies down. They throw a rope and they say, climb on up, you know. Let's get out of here. Your house is about to flow away. And they go, no, no, God will save me. And then the person drowns. And then the conversation happens at the end. <laughs> at the pearly gates. It's like, hey, man, uh, you died. What were you doing? Well, I was waiting for God to save me. It's like, who the hell do you think sent all those people? So we pray to God, but we row for the shore. In this case, like I said, hedge against contingencies. Uh, just because you believe that there is a possibility for some justice, it doesn't mean it'll happen in our time. And it doesn't mean that it'll happen in any particular court system. So... All the things need to be done at all the times. And that's actually where we're going to get to when we start talking about this historic new low for the Colorado Supreme Court. I hope that makes a lot of sense to you all. I'm quite sure it does. Before we do something about these people who are questionable in their patriotism, let's also throw like a little thank you out to my buddies over at Patriot Coolers. Let's do it real quickly. But um, PatriotCoolers.com, you guys know how to get there. The promo code is Kyle you're noticing a trend here. If you're new to our channel, I'm pretty good about keeping it the same. K-Y-L-E will get you 10% off at Patriot Coolers as well. Um, if you go through any of the other pages, by the way, somebody tagged me on social media and they're like, hey, I saw nowhere to enter the promo code. I bought it through GovX. That doesn't work. Then GovX gets credit. If you want to credit our show, you just go to PatriotCoolers.com. You type in K-Y-L-E when you're doing the checkout and you can get any number of their fantastic products, including the 16 ounce tumbler that I use literally every single day. And I used to carry a 30 ounce with me every single day when I was on surveillance for like three straight years for the FBI. It was my go-to. As I say, there are only three things you need to conduct surveillance. You need a radio to talk to your team. You need a cup of coffee so you can stay awake and you need a piss bottle. Everything else is negotiable, binoculars, cameras, et cetera. You don't need all those things. But what you do need is a way to stay awake and a way to evacuate. And then, uh, of course, radio, tell your team what's going on. Uh, check it out. Again, it's patriotcoolers.com, promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. I'm going to take a little breather here. 
And I know that we had some uh, issues on Rumble as we were getting started. Are you guys uh, doing pretty good? I'm looking at the chat. looks like it's still rolling up and down. Although somebody asked if I'm gay. I don't know why that's the case, but uh, I'm not. I don't think. That doesn't seem to be my thing. Ryan, any indication that that's the case? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, they may, they may change the their mind kids, at the end of the maybe, show. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> It's, uh, there's some documented evidence against that. Uh, we're going to do something at the end of the show that uh, we're going to show you guys something from Libs of TikTok that may make you think otherwise. But uh, True. well, yeah, <laughs> it's weird Wednesday. So that's how we roll. Let's let's do CNN. Can't help it. Uh, everybody had a take on this historic new low. Let's let's talk about the historic lows that have happened in this country. And they won't call it all lows, but I'm calling it a low. Historically, historically, we dealt with some really wild stuff this uh, last 18 months. We saw Donald Trump raided at Miralago by the FBI. The former president of the United States had his house taken in, even though they could have got a consent and probably could have gotten a consent search. They decided to execute a tactical raid at the former president's home. It's a lovely place, by the way, and I've been there one time, and uh, I would suggest to you that it uh, they probably could have just called ahead. There's Secret Service everywhere. They have security everywhere. It's actually guarded by our federal government, by our tax dollars. This would not have been a hard ask. You're also talking about a guy who used to be the top executive in this country. So calling ahead would have been the right move. Uh, Steve D'Antuano, who was my old boss, actually said as much, but did not call ahead. All right, so that's number one. They did the raid. Then we indicted him, we being the people, because it's the United States, the people of the United States versus Donald Trump, and indicted him not just once and not just twice in federal court, but also in two local courts. They started off in New York, then they did it in Florida, then they did it in DC, then they did it in Georgia. Do you notice a pattern? This is getting pretty wild. The indictments didn't work. A search warrant at his house didn't make people say Donald Trump is disqualified from being president. We're not gonna follow him. In fact, it might've bumped up his support. Then they did up the indictments and the indictments did the same thing. People were like, oh, you don't like Donald Trump in New York and uh, in Georgia and in this Florida case and this special counsel doesn't like it in DC. Yeah, we like him even more. We don't like you. We don't like you, federal government and DOJ, who decided to indict Douglas Mackey, who decided to get a criminal complaint sworn out two days after the Biden administration took power, right? We heard that yesterday. Two whole days, 48 hours after Joe Biden took the reins of this country, uh, assuming that you believe that he actually has any control or agency, which I'm not 100% sure I do. My, uh, my buddy Dan calls him the uh, the rotting bag of oatmeal or oatmeal brains. That's what I always picture. I actually picture a body with a rotting bag of oatmeal as the head. That may not be what Dan is trying to conjure up, but that's what I think of. And that was brought up on social media yesterday. Someone said that that is just too mean. And maybe they should censor Dan. Luckily, we're on Rumble where they do not censor people. Again, rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin is where we are at. You guys can give us a thumbs up in that chat there and move us up in the rankings. But more importantly, join us for the live chat. People say they stay, they come for the content, they stay for the chat, as I see many of you guys are chatting about right now. So, okay, that's the new low, right? And those didn't work. So search warrant didn't work. Local indictment didn't work. Federal indictment, no bueno, still rising in the polls. What could we do? Maybe we'll um, throw a debate and then he won't be there because he doesn't want to be there. And he continues to, to rise in polls. He's more popular among Republicans because essentially the people in the state that kind of suck have uh, decided that he's the most dangerous guy. I always liken this to the, to, the, uh, to the Harry Potter analogy. I think you guys have heard me say this before, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I brought it up last night when I was on Twitter in this Twitter space. We actually had a pretty good sized Twitter space, 2000 plus people listening. So some of you may be hearing this again for the second time, but the game looks something like this. The story of Harry Potter is most interesting. It's a human allegory that kind of explains the way a lot of human experience, which is that when you say that which you fear and you pick that, you you actually name your opponent. 
If you remember, the story of Harry Potter was such that there were two boys that basically fit the criteria and, and the bad guy, Voldemort, goes after Harry Potter specifically. He could have gone after the other guy whose name was Clayton Longbottom, I think. That sounds right to me. Just don't hold me accountable. If you're a Harry Potter freak, you fix me in the chat here. But there were two possible boys that could have been ordained as the real enemy of Voldemort. And he chose Harry Potter. And hence, that becomes the story. Because you pick the guy. He goes and tries to kill this little baby. This baby comes back and ends up striking him down. It's a lot like what goes on in uh, the story of, um, of Star Wars. Right? Same idea. He could have picked Leia as his enemy. It just turned out that it was Luke. Um, Leia ended up doing something else. You know, there were two babies. And uh, and the one that got chosen ended up being the nemesis of evil. And in the same way, and not to say that uh, Luke's, Luke Skywalker and, and Harry Potter are direct analogies to Donald Trump, because they're kind of presenting some sort of like uh, salvific figures, almost religious type saviors. But uh, for this country, you they basically pick that Donald Trump is the guy for all of his faults and failings, for all of his mistakes and misdeeds that have happened throughout his life, for the fact that he was Neville Longbottom. Thank you. I, I knew. Um, so here's here's what's really funny. Cindy in the chat just corrected me. Neville Longbottom. The reason why I said that wrong is because um, a guy I grew up with is named Clayton Neville. And I always put the name and he kind of looks like the guy that played the uh, the actor there. He's kind of like a silly creature. So anyway, Neville Longbottom. Yes, very good. Very well done. The, the fact is, is that, that Donald Trump uh, for all of his failings and the fact that he was a Democrat for most of his life and and actually served in many ways like a Democrat. Let's be really, really, really fair about the way that he came into office. He spent like crazy, right? But his policies were sort of like pretty acceptable other than the fact that they lost their minds that he just basically ran with an R after his name. So is he the, the hero that we want? Mm, is he the hero that we need? Sounds like it. He's the hero that we got. That's really what it comes down to. And I don't like the word hero, but so be it. You know what I mean? Uh, the guy is the one that the state, that the uh, the sort of powers that be has ordained to be the resistance of him. Do you know how many people in federal government put the, the word hashtag resistance? There were actually entire Twitter accounts that were copies and duplicates of real federal agencies with their real symbols and authorities. They duplicated it and they called themselves like the resistance of the Department of Interior, the resistance of the Department of Education. And they were 100% dedicated, federal employees, to working against their actual boss, who was Donald Trump, the chief executive. Totally wild. Totally wild how many people mobilized against this guy. And as a contrarian, which is kind of what I am, I kind of just set myself against whatever it is. If you tell me to do one thing, I kind of want to do the other thing. Uh, maybe that's that that 80s growing up in the punk rock era where that's what I thought was cool. It's like, you tell me something, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't want to do that. Um, Donald Trump kind of is that, you know? I didn't care for him in 2016 that much. I was amused that he won. I actually laughed so hard that I cried when I found out that Donald Trump won. I was at Quantico and my roommate thought I had lost my damn mind because I was watching on CNN with headphones on and I watched Van Jones crying and all the other things that happened. Some of you guys remember this night. It was one of those nights when you could hear the screams of liberals and leftists all the way up to the heavens, you know? And you're just like, hey, he won. That's really, really funny. And it was, and then he came in and did a pretty good job. So how about that? And these people have lost their minds ever since. All right, CNN. Let's go into these incredible historic rulings because uh, that's what we're going to cover the rest of the show on. Takeaways from Colorado's historic ruling that Trump is ineligible for office based on the 14th Amendment insurrectionist ban. First of all, first of all, there is no 14th Amendment insurrectionist ban. The 14th Amendment and the protections against people who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States was put in when? 
after the U.S. Civil War, which, man, the political left seems to be running at as best they can. They are so interested in having something. They really would love to see a bunch of MAGA people engage in what would be a legitimate uprising against the federal government. Because I think we all know that January 6th was not that. If you showed up with broomsticks, flagpoles, and a hatchet, and two people had firearms, but the firearms were kept in a hotel that were on the other side because they actually followed state laws. Like if that's the if that's your insurrection, man, you do not know who lives in this country. I think we showed it the other day. Ryan actually had a, a great thumbnail with it where we had like deer hunters, rednecks, people with manual skills with calluses on their hands versus like people who will glue themselves to a famous piece of art and they will uh you know lay down in the middle of traffic. Like that's the kind of that's the silliness we're talking about here. Let's read this article. The Supreme Court, Colorado. Made history Tuesday. Made history. Again, a historic new low. Yeah, there it was. That was fun. Those are those people. Those are the lefties. And some guys are using um, a, a swing set. If you're not watching on Rumble, what you're missing is Ryan just threw up our thumbnail from the other day. All right. Uh, so there we go. The uh, unprecedented freeze in your tracks ruling. Look at that. That's really fun. Freeze in your tracks ruling. These people are so unbiased when they report, aren't they? That former President Donald Trump is constitutionally ineligible to run in 2024 because of the Fourth Amendment's ban on insurrectionists holding public office covers his conduct on January 6, 2021. Do you remember, you guys remember how Donald Trump was convicted of insurrection? Do you remember that? In federal court, where they had jurisdiction to do so, where they brought it in the venue where it happened, which was in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Do you remember that the D.C. District Court actually convicted Donald Trump of insurrection? That, that specific term? You don't remember that either because it didn't happen because that's not what you can find in a state like Colorado when the question was this, did he in fact, uh, is he entitled to be on the ballot? And the answer that they came up with is no, except you guys are going to find out. I'm seeing some of you in the chat are saying you should write him in. I'm going to even tell you none of that's even necessary. Let me just start with this bottom line up front. Donald Trump will be on the ballot in Colorado, regardless of what these people have decided to do. He's going to be on the ballot. I will, I will personally guarantee it right now. And Ronna McDaniels did the same thing. Washington Post, four takeaways from the Supreme Court in Colorado's disqualifying of Donald Trump. Tuesday will go down as a momentous date in American political history with the Colorado Supreme Court ruling that a former president engaged in insurrection and is therefore disqualified from the presidency. All of that is bullshit. It's actual bullshit. Okay, the decision, whenever you hear things like this, this should actually tell you that you know that it's not going to hold up. You know why? The decision, the first of its kind involving Donald Trump would keep him off the 2024 primary ballot in the state over his role in the January 6th insurrection. I am going to once again tell you, bottom line up front, this is false. It's actually in the decision. They've already told us that this will not happen that this is not going to be something that actually happens. This is essentially a glorified press release that is allowing for fundraising by a left-wing organization, okay? It will not happen. I can, I can personally guarantee you, they've already told you in the decision that it will not happen. That's how I know. The Supreme Court of Colorado said they want to do something, but they're not going to do the thing. That's why this is so disingenuous. And that's why all these lefties are crowing and they're going to try and raise money on it. That's the entire grift. You guys want to know what the grift is? The grift is, I'm going to tell you something that I'm never going to do. Then I'm going to take money for that thing I'm never going to do. And then you're going to feel good about giving me money, even though both of us know that we're never going to do the thing you said. All right. The state district court previously ruled that Donald Trump had engaged in insurrection, right? Because uh, the district court in Colorado has standing 
to decide whether or not Trump is engaged in insurrection? No, they don't. It's all fantasy. This is cosplay. But the relevant section of the 14th Amendment didn't apply to presidents. That was what the lower court said. That's kind of amazing, too. They said, uh, yeah, he's an insurrectionist, but uh, presidents can't be held liable for the 14th Amendment. All right. Hot takes that don't matter. Uh, the state Supreme Court upheld the former finding and reversed it in a four to three decision. Okay. So there's four takeaways here. They say the historical and political impact uh, may exceed the direct impact. And what they've said is essentially that this group crew, which is the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, which is a left-wing lunatic group that has used a cool acronym and some words that they don't actually believe in, ethics and responsibility. Um, what they think is that this is going to have some far-reaching consequences because it's going to potentially enable and empower other states to do the same thing. Now, you might think that, oh, well, this is just one state. Actually, they have this lawsuit in multiple states they thought they could win in, including in New York. And I don't think they'll win in any of them because the more serious states realize that this is absurd. But this particular constitution of seven judges who were all appointed by Democrats— they basically are up for a 10-year term, and then they get reapproved. And as my understanding, it looks like they get voted on a ballot afterwards, but they initially get appointed by this commission. Maybe it's the commission that does the voting. The commission is put together by the governor. So this is a it's an indirect gubernatorial appointment to be on the Supreme Court of Colorado's um, SCOTUS. Uh, so it's not SCOTUS, uh, Supreme Court. Sorry, SCOTUS only refers to the U.S. Supreme Court. Do me a fact check on that, folks. If you guys find otherwise, I actually dug into this as much as I could I could care to dig into Colorado, which I don't live in, and a Supreme Court that makes weird decisions. From what it looks like, it's appointed by the governor. The governor has a board of uh, people that he appoints that basically give him a short list. He chooses from the short list, and then they either reaffirm them every 10 years or not is what it looks like. But it also, they're on Ballotpedia, which is one of the voting websites. So it's kind of hard to tell that. Anyhow, long and short of it is, let's break down what they said, uh, direct impact is that it could happen in another state. I don't think that's gonna happen, but so be it. doesn't really matter if it does. Uh, the, the court disagreed with the judge who said that presidents were different, that they were exceeded from the 14th Amendment, which they're not, and so, okay, that's fine. What's interesting to me is that this the state Supreme Court took up a bunch of stuff from the US Constitution, and they're making rulings on the US Constitution, but I don't know under what standing they have because they're not, they're not US federal courts. So why they would take that into account is beyond me. Uh, and then it says that there's a converging traffic jam in the Supreme Court about Donald Trump. That tells you a lot about it, too, doesn't it? That the whole point is to jam up the Supreme Court with a bunch of decisions about Donald Trump. I mean, when you start throwing all these things, they fast track the decision with uh, counsel, special counsel Jack Smith, right? Claim of presidential immunity, claim of 14th Amendment, like all this stuff is going to go into one thing. And I, I assume the Supreme Court's going to have to just do this big sort of thing going like, what in the hell are you guys doing? Or not. They may not. They may actually not have the courage of their convictions. And the last one is that the long-running 14th Amendment effort reaches a milestone. And that milestone is essentially that they are trying to be able to rule on the word insurrection and that people can be disqualified from office without ever being charged with that crime. They're trying to do an end around. Legally speaking, they're trying to get a ruling on something that they actually don't have. The standing is what I would imagine is the word. They don't have standing to go and do this. You can't rule on something in this country that you have not been convicted of. Like, how could you ever rule that? These are all civil cases, by the way. So these are lawsuits that are filed in civil court. And I want to cover real quickly the difference for you all as you think about it. There are two legal standards at play almost always. One of them is in civil court, which you may be familiar with. And the other one is in criminal court. Now, criminal court, everyone kind of has heard this, but it's worth hammering home that criminal courts when they convict you, they have to find you guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt. 
right? Beyond any reasonable doubt, nobody should be able to doubt that you are in fact guilty, which makes it even sadder when we get that wrong, which these courts sometimes do. But that's the burden. It's the highest burden that basically there is no reasonable doubt against it. But that is not what civil courts do. And that's what this was. This was a civil court. And the civil court said that it has to be a preponderance of the evidence. The, the standard of preponderance of the evidence is like, it's more likely than not that it happened. It's more likely yes than no. Okay? And that's the big difference. Rather than the shadow of a doubt, the reasonable doubt, it's beyond all reasonable doubt, boom, we move to, it's probably true. That's what they ruled in this, which is why there's no criminal standing in these things. And they are trying to basically get a ruling that that gets groundswell in public opinion in a way that's very different. Let's cover Fox's version of this too, because why not? And then we're going to dig into who these justices are, because I actually found one little interesting tidbit that I don't think you'll hear anywhere else. And then I'll tell you why this is all bullshit. All right. Um, Colorado nixing Trump strikingly undemocratically unites experts as ex Scalia clerk declares lawfare. Vivek Ramaswamy has decided to bow out of the, the uh, ballot. Uh, Trump Trumpy, uh, sorry, Trump Trumpy. Trump's critic, uh, Chris Christie, also said the court's decision was bad, and he generally sort of doesn't agree that people should be doing this sort of thing. They're all kind of like weak tea on this. Honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, we might as well play it now. I'll take a deep breath here. Let's play this video. This is, uh, since Vivek is brought up, let's bring up the Vivek video. This is what his response was. I'm going to go pull up the court decision, which we have here as well, and I'm going to tell you that they actually tell us in the court decision that this is actually, this is grandstanding, but you know, good on Vivek. He's capitalizing politically on something that's out there in the world. So let's run video number one real quick. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we the people select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw, I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing, or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with a spine for our country's future. That's really what's at stake. Whether we the people actually have a say in deciding who leads this country. Yes, it would be easier for other Republicans like me who are running in this race to say, hey, if Trump is sidelined, there's our opportunity. No doubt other candidates are probably privately celebrating with their corporate sponsors. That's not the right thing to do. I think the most useful thing that every GOP candidate can do right now is to join me in that pledge. I'll say that I will withdraw from that Colorado GOP primary ballot until Trump's name is restored. This belongs to the people, not to the unelected Democratic cabal of judges in Colorado or any other state. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing or else they're complicit in what the security state is trying to do to shut down Trump. I stand by that and I expect them to do the right thing. Okay, so good sentiment and we agree with what he's feeling, but this was an emotional outburst that has no bearing on reality because Trump's gonna be on the ballot, folks. 
He's going to be on the ballot. I'm going to read you the decision itself. Um, let's pull up the New York Times little coverage of it. They actually posted the whole document, which is worth your time. But uh, if we pull up the New York Times, here's the opening from New York Times. It literally says this. Read the Colorado Supreme Court's decision disqualifying Trump from the ballot December 19th yesterday. Colorado top court ruled on Tuesday that former President Donald J. Trump is disqualified from holding office again because he engaged in insurrection leading up to the January 6th storming of the Capitol. I love all of their charged language. In fact, Fox News said it pretty clearly. Uh, Laura Ingram had a pretty good little quote about it, saying that they just keep using the word insurrection so that they can bring up the 14th Amendment. But as noted, he's never actually been convicted of that, nor will he, I'm sure. So here we go. Let's read directly from the words of this thing. They put out the first little piece. It's like the executive summary. It's called the advance sheet Headnote. This is the press release. And what it says in this appeal from a district court proceeding under the Colorado Election Code, the Supreme Court considers whether former President Donald J. Trump may appear on the Colorado Republican primary ballot in 2024. That is the issue that was being decided in this court. The majority of the court holds that Donald J. Trump, former President Trump, is disqualified from holding office as president under Section 3 of the amendment of the 14th Amendment in the United States Constitution. Because he's disqualified, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate in the primary, the presidential primary ballot. And the ruling stays, here's it is, right here, you ready? The court stays its ruling until January 4th, 2024, subject to any further appellate proceedings. In the first little press release, they let you know that they have issued a statement that they will be suspending his name for the ballot, and then they stay their own opinion right now until January 4th. And then we're going to read a little further. We're going to go down to page eight, which I'll just read here. You guys can just pay attention at home. We're going to go to page eight of their own summary, and they say the following. And I'm going to directly quote from this decision. We are also cognizant that we travel in uncharted territory. Again, that first of its kind piece worth honing in on usually because they don't represent anything constitutional, and that this case presents several issues of first impression, in other words, novel, like we talked about yesterday with Doug Mackey. But for our resolution of the elector's challenge under the election code, the secretary would be required to include Donald Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot. It says, but for our resolution, the secretary would be required to put his name on there. Therefore, to maintain the status quo, what's the status quo? The, the way it's always been. To maintain the status quo pending any review by the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, we stay our own ruling until January 4th of 2024, the day before the secretary's deadline to certify the content of the primary, uh, the presidential primary ballot. If review is sought in the Supreme Court before the stay expires, in other words, if they request a review, not that the, uh, the Supreme Court agrees to take it, but if they if review is sought is what it says. Before the stay expires on January 4th, 2024, then the stay shall remain in place and the secretary will con be uh, continued to require to include President Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot until the receipt of any order or mandate from the Supreme Court. Did you guys catch that? They just said, we believe this thing. And we're going to do nothing about it because we have an order that says he should be removed. But what we order is, is that our order should be suspended until somebody else looks at it because our decision is suspect and it's weak and it's crap and it's going to be challenged right away. And we know that we're just putting it out there so we can make a headline. This is a press release. This could have been drafted by Jen Psaki, like sitting in a hot tub, drinking margaritas, because this is a like a wet dream of fundraising for Democrats. But it has zero bearing on what's going to happen in Colorado. 
They are opening. This is that three, two, one thing. This is when you walk up and you say something really absurd, like, hey, I'd really like to take you home and cut your head off. And someone goes like, oh my God, what? And you're like, just kidding. I'd just like to take you out to dinner for a date. Like you step back like two steps and be like, hey, but if you're into doing wild stuff, like maybe I am too. That's three, two, one. That's a really crazy idea. That's exactly what they did. They just said, hey, we're going to knock Donald Trump off the ballot. You won't even be able to vote for the guy. And people are like, what? And they're like, just kidding. Uh, we're actually going to stay that back. We're not going to do that. What we just said is that we believe that, but we're not going to do anything about it. And then you go, oh, Really? And then they're going to try to move it one step forward. This is the same thing that happened with the New Mexico gun laws when they're like, we're banning all guns at public parks and we're going to suspend your ability to carry firearms. And you go, what? And then people that are sort of like lunatic liberals, like a David Hogg, David Hogg comes forward and says like, yeah, like that's too crazy. Even for me, I just believe in common sense gun control. This is a three, two, one step forward. It's three steps forward. It's two steps back. And, and they're going to attempt one step forward again, which will still put them two steps ahead. Okay. That's what's going on here. It's nonsense. He will continue to be on the ballot. He shall remain in place and he'll be required to put Donald Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot until receipt of any order or mandate from the Supreme Court. All they have to do is ask. And Rona McDaniels has already said that the GOP national committee is like the, the, the GOP at large is going to challenge this, which is the right answer, of course. So it doesn't matter what Vivek says and it doesn't matter if Chris Christie backs it or anyone else. None of that matters. This is 100% going to be a nothing. But what it is about is what these people at Crew are trying to do. And that is worth looking at. So we're going to pull up their webpage right now. Crew, again, this is the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. They have this as their lead piece. And Ryan, do you want to show the little uh, pop-up that comes on if you were to, to pull up the Crew website? What do we see right there? There it is right there. Crew successfully barred Trump from the Colorado about it, completely ignoring the reality of what that order means but they're going to raise on it. Do you guys want to give $500 or chip in any other amount? 25, 50, 100, 250, $500. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump is disqualified from holding office because he incited the insurrection. That's the top line. And then the real line on page eight is just kidding. We're not going to do any of this crap. None of this is actually going to happen. It's worth noting how much you are being gaslighted. And that's why when I have how low can you go, this is really pretty low stuff. Like this is not a search warrant and this is not using legal process. This is literally fantasy world where they have cosplayed. Let's cover down on who these judges are, by the way, because I think that's worth our time. There are seven justices on three that voted in dissent. Brian Boatwright, Carlos Samor Jr., and Maria Birkenkotter. All three of them have one thing in common, folks. You know what that thing is? They all went to law school in Denver at the University of Denver School of Law. That's kind of interesting. Why did all three of those people go to law school in Denver in Colorado? Well, is that something different than the four people who voted in favor? And it turns out that being a Colorado liberal type, who went to a law school in Colorado leads you to a completely different side of the coin. The people who voted in favor of this particular motion, the four, three split there, they are right there going from left to right from left. If you'll just leave that up on the screen there, Ryan from left to right, we see Monica Marquez. Where did she go to school? You think school of law, huh? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Did she go to Harvard? Is that where she went or did she go to Yale? I know she's listed on both of these things. Sorry. Ba, 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 One more second here, folks. I had these all laid out. And then, of course, um, their bios lead to a bunch of different nonsense. Um, she was a was teaching at the Yale 
Latino Law Student Association. She won their public service award. So she has ties over there. But if my memory serves, I think she actually went. No, no, she did. She went to Yale. Okay, so Yale there. William Hood is going to be on the far right-hand side. He's the bald guy that's pictured right there. And he went to UVA. He went to the University of Virginia School of Law, another East Coast school. Then we're going to go to the top. That's Gabriel, Richard Gabriel. He's wearing the, uh, the glasses there with the silly mustache. And he went to the University of Pennsylvania Ivy League school. He went and did that. And then our last girl, Melissa Hart, she's kind of the uh, uh, frumpy hair on the right at the top. And she actually went to Harvard. And she was the uh, the editor for the Harvard Law Review when she was there. So you've got four maybe adjacent schools. And then you've got three that dissented that all went to school in Colorado, in Denver, and are actually Coloradans. Is that a term? Coloradans? I think it is. I think that's really interesting. I just think it's interesting that when you choose where people went to school, you find out a little bit about them and you find out a little bit of the way they think. It turns out where you send your kids to school makes a big difference. And this is one of those things. This is just a strange little, a strange little tidbit. It's one simple factoid, but it does tell us a lot about where you should be sending your, your kids or where you shouldn't be. Let's, uh, let's wrap up Weird Wednesday with something that's kind of fun. This is from Libs of TikTok. And... Um, Libs of TikTok, we're going to play a video here of the world that they think. This is the way a lot of these loony lefties have been thinking about stuff. Um, it's about violence. It's about weirdness. It's about uh, how angry they are about Donald Trump or anybody disagreeing with them. So we're going to play video number two. Video number two. Let's go ahead and roll roll video number two. And I think we lost mics to, uh, to Ryan. So let me just send it right over to him. We're going to roll video to Not to right be like now. overly dramatic or anything. Can we just start stabbing transphobes at this point? Like we have such a big problem of transphobic people being fucking idiots and not getting their shit kicked in. Can we just start kicking their shit in? It would be so much easier for everyone. Every The entire world would be so much better if we could just stab a transphobe. You say something transphobic, you get stabbed. The world would be beautiful. Yikes, right? All right, so it's Weird Wednesday. We dug it a little bit deeper. We've got some uh, video of this guy getting ready for this TikTok video. You want to play video three? Come on. Come on. 
<laughs> Over you Come on guys, you guys don't like Q Lazarus. That's goodbye horses. That that song has a special place in my heart. Uh what you just saw there obviously was the uh, the gentleman who was angry about transphobes getting ready. Uh it's a little bit of a throwback to the 80s. Some of you may remember that that's the way we used to look at people who had autogynephilia who fantasized about themselves dressed as women. I told you it was weird Wednesday. I wasn't going to let you guys down. I really wasn't. It's weird, right? That's weird. If you dress up and have hangy shit hanging off your glasses and you got things swinging and dangling and you want to stab people that don't agree that you are the thing that you believe you are when you're doing the tuck. By the way, that's the name for it. That's the official name. TM, the tuck. Yeah. How do I know that? Because when I was in the military, when I was enlisted, I had a, a Marine that came over to the Air Force with me. And every Friday he would do the tuck and play Q Lazarus really loud in the barracks and walk around completely naked doing the tuck and banging on guys doors and then just and he was he was our team sergeant so like he was the boss <laughs> he would just mess with people and i would die laughing because that is such a strange thing to do when you're a 30 year old man like knocking on the door of 18 year old boys and scaring the hell out of them but you know what it's pretty weird and we knew it was weird it was weird on purpose as a joke there are people doing it for serious right now and those people are the ones that are voting for the loony left positions. They're the ones that think that Donald Trump shouldn't be on the ballot because anybody who doesn't agree with them should be stabbed and maybe they want to make a woman suit out of you. I don't know. I just kind of miss the world where things made sense, which is that if you do weird stuff like Buffalo Bill just did there, Jamie Gum, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a Silence of the Lambs kind of guy. If you do that, you know, maybe we don't take you seriously as a society and maybe we go check your basement to make sure that you don't have some senator's daughter down there that you're starving to death and trying to... Uh, to dehydrate until you can skin her. Yeah. Are all trans people trying to do that? No. A lot of them are sad and self-loathing and all the other kind of things. But there's some real weirdos out there, folks. And for Weird Wednesday, we just brought it to you. Look at this guy. He's not well. Nobody is confusing you for a chick. They're confusing you for Buffalo Bill. And they're wondering what's going on in your basement there, Chief. So there it is. You guys have had the entirety of our Weird Wednesday show. I do appreciate you guys sticking around and enjoying it. Hopefully, you are now put to rest and you are not going to freak out. Lemon Zinger was not interested in the visuals, but so be it. I hope you guys understand that this is not going to happen. Like Trump is not being removed from any ballot. That's the most important thing you should walk away with. And we should at least accept that this is cosplay, uh, very similar to doing the tuck and dancing around. Tack Penis doesn't want to uh, picture anybody in a bathtub. I'm not mad at you. That's fine. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do a five-star review here. I think that's uh, the right way to go. We'll thank all of you guys for joining us on the audio podcast, which continues to grow. And we continue to have more and more of you leaving five-star reviews. The link is in the show description, and we will read yours just like Fesnix, which says, great show, five stars. One of the three podcasts I listen to daily with Ben Shapiro and Dan Bongino. That's pretty high praise there, Mr. Fesnick or Ms. Fesnick says, I know that you are like me and proud of your service, but ashamed that this is not the country we fought for. Keep up the great work. Man, is it ever. You know, the country I grew up in knew that Jamie Gum and Buffalo Bill were straight up weirdos. 
And today we're trying to celebrate those people and putting them on the lawn of the White House and letting them celebrate in a costume for Easter. Very, very strange. Whatever 007 says, even if the ruling will almost certainly be overturned, the Colorado court decision represents lawfare to obstruct the election. It's unacceptable. Crosses a huge line, white, red line. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's a totally a red line. But it's also worth not getting our panties in a bunch about it. Let's not be on the political left. Let's understand that reality still triumphs. Uh, folks, thanks for following us today. Thanks for being with us today. Appreciate you guys putting a like on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you guys listen to our audio channel and you ever want to see the visuals of what we're getting into, that's where you go, rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. We appreciate all of your uh, your attention and we'll see you again tomorrow. We've got something really wild coming tomorrow. So watch the Twitter feed at Kyle Serafin uh, on Truth or on X. Check those out because we're going to bring something fun to you. I think we're going to do a double team and we're going to have Steve Friend and Garrett O'Boyle from the American Radicals. We're going to put a, a double stream to both channels. We're still working on it. We're going to get the details finalized. So watch the uh, watch the Twitter things. We'll see you again tomorrow. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.